you know? I have seen some kids come out of their shells, so to speak, this week. He's one of them. And now we can't get him off stage. And I am perfectly okay with that. So he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> yep. So this week we have talked about Jesus all week long. And, and, and Mary kind of reviewed a little bit. I want to just highlight a couple of things for you. We talked our first day, we talked about Cosmo. Cosmo, as you can see, over there. So Cosmo was a, what some, some would, would call it a star. A star. Can y'all say star? Star. 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 That's, that's, that's uh, Bostonian lingo for star. So he's a star, and they associated the beginning of how to shine Jesus' light with the birth of Jesus. Right? They connected the star that appeared above Bethlehem and how the, the three, well, did you know that there weren't three it just says Magi. We are the ones who associate the number three with those that came to visit Jesus because they gifted him three things. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And tradition has it that now we have the three wise men. But the Bible doesn't say that. However, we, have, we look at this and we see how the star initiated the process for Jesus to shine his light on us. And the Bible text that they learned was John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. They also then followed up with Ringo, not the singer. Ringo talked about, well, also, we focused on the aspect of how do you shine lights, right? Going back to star, to, to Cosmo. When life feels dark. Shine Jesus' light. I would love for you guys to join the kids. To, to in, incentivizing them to also participate. So kids, incentivize, encourage the, the big people sitting close to you to also shout out, shine Jesus' light. Okay? So whenever you see this phrase, when life feels dark, and it makes sense that a star is the one that resembles that, right? But then we have Ringo, when people don't get along, Jesus' light. And the story they highlighted was the story of Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. But he didn't get along with people. Why? He was a tax collector. That was, those were fighting words. Because they would, they would not mix with the general population. And it, we emphasize the idea that we need to get along. We need to come together. 
We need to build unity. And so when we don't get along, our job is to shine Jesus' light. And they base this out of Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with each other. See, if we cannot live in harmony with each other, how are we going to shine Jesus' light? If we can't get along... I'm, kids are awake. Yeah. Okay. So when we live in harmony with each other, we are shining Jesus' light. Then we went to Luna, right behind you. When good things happen, shine Jesus' light. I heard some adults. There are. It's really easy. And if um, my, my basketball team for the NBA did not make it to the finals, but that's okay. But when they went down 3-0 to the Miami Heat, a reporter asked them, the coach, and he said, how do you recover from this loss? Because they got killed. And he says, what do you mean, recover? Well, how do you get your team back on track? How do you feel? It's like, oh, how do I get it back on track? Well, let me, let me tell you this. I was with a girl in the hospital dying of cancer, and she was thanking me for visiting her. She was about to die. She, know, she knows what life is about. It's not a basketball game. It's easy when things are going right for us to credit God. And when we see these basketball and athletes and, and, and some movie stars, when they, good things happen, and they, they say, I want to thank first and foremost my Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. But what about when you lose? Right? What about when things aren't going right? What about when things aren't going as planned as you imagined? Amen. Do you shine Jesus' light? How? With words of affirmation. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Shouting to God means to call upon his name, to invoke him, right? To say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to get to know you better. And during this day... They highlighted the triumphal entry. You know, when Jesus walked into, oh, excuse me, rode into Jerusalem, people were shouting to God, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were, they were yelling because they were happy. But where were those people when he was being crucified? Where were those people when they saw him getting beaten and whipped? It's great when things go good. It's great when things go according to the plan. But when they don't, we still need to shine Jesus' light by shouting to God that he is in control. Amen. Then we have Saul. Saul. So when people are sad, 
That's it, Lionel. You got it. The sun. Any of you ever looked at the sun directly? Why? <laughs> I'm just joking. If you look at the sun, we see him as what color? Yellow. But if you're to look at the sun during the day, it's white. It's not yellow. It's yellow in the early in the morning and late at sunset. But during the day, it's white. Because the, the heat impacts us a lot better when there's direct sunlight. So Saul, when people are sad, we are to shine Jesus' light by giving them, giving them encouraging words. And, and we had the kids, you know, Mary had the kids shout out encouraging words to her and, and differentiate between not so encouraging words. And they were able to distinguish that. And we based this from John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Another version says, let your heart not be troubled. Believe. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Believe in God. You believe in God. Believe also in me. This is Jesus' words. That we are to trust God no matter what? The next one, and we focus before we get to Haley, we focus this when Jesus was at the cross. He looked at his mother and he says, Mother, behold your child. Even at the cross, seeing Jesus' mother heartbroken, torn apart because her son is hanging on a piece of wood, nailed to the cross. And she's there and helpless because she can't do anything about it. And she knows that he can absolutely just bat an eye and be gone. And chooses not to call on, on his divinity. And Jesus, choosing not to exercise his divinity, looks at his wife, excuse me, his mother... <laughs> And then looks at John and says, Behold, your mother. I don't know if, if my heart or my mind would be thinking of somebody else when I'm going through such excruciating pain. But then we have Haley. The comment. When people need help, shine Jesus' light. We shine Jesus' light by doing things. And we get this story from Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Excuse me. Let your good deeds shine so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The story, though, is based in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 8 when Philip is, 
is running next to this chariot and he sees this man reading his Bible and he doesn't understand. See, people in need isn't just those that are in physical need, but those that are in spiritual need as well. It's easy for us to take $5 out of our pocket and give it to somebody for food. It's easy for us to take something from our own cupboard. But when it comes to sharing the gospel, sometimes we cringe. Sometimes we think that, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And as Philip, as he's running next to that Ethiopian in the chariot, who's a high official uh, in the government, he's an officer, and, she, and he asked, Philip asks the Ethiopian, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how, unless somebody explains it to me? And so he does. And he explains the gospel that Jesus came and died, fulfilling what was written in the book of Isaiah. And there was water. And Philip baptized the Ethiopian. Fun fact, did you know that the Ethiopian Bible is older than the King James Version? Great question, Michael. Ethiopian is somebody from Africa, from the country of Ethiopia. And back in, the, in that time, it, was, it wasn't Pentecost. It was the other... Um, I, I should know this. It's in the tip of my tongue and it can't. The atonement, Day of Atonement. And they came, everybody from all different countries came to worship God in this particular place. And so they came from Africa, from Greece. They came from uh, Italy, what we know today as Italy. They came from all over the place to worship there. But then this guy from Africa is reading from the book of Isaiah. And then that book of Isaiah is telling about Jesus who had just come and was crucified and died and resurrected and went to heaven. And so, but he didn't understand it. And so Philip explained all of that for him. And that's who the Ethiopian was. The guy who received the Bible study while riding in a chariot went on his way back home. But I want to go back to the story from the very first day. John chapter 8, verse 12. You have your Bibles with you? Go ahead and open it up, please. John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, I'm going to read from verse 2. John chapter 8, verse 2. And it says, Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down, and he taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in her midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. 
Now Moses, in the law, commanded us to such should be stoned. Well, what do you say? This, they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger and thought, and though he did not, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is, out, he who is without sin among you, let him throw at her the first stone. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. Beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them. Who's them? They were no longer there. Those that were there accusing Jesus or trying to entrap Jesus were no longer there. So who's them? These are the people that came to him and were watching. So there was a circle of people and then there was an inner circle. The inner circle is now dispersed. But let me ask you a question. I just read you the story and a lot of you followed along with me. What is not there? The accusers are not there. Very good, Nick. The accusers are not there. Let me ask you a question. I'll give you a hint in this question. What question did Jesus not ask the woman? And there are several that he didn't ask. But more specifically, is there a question that he did not ask the woman? No. Yes, he did not ask that question, but he remember, he said that he, he didn't come to judge her. Why are you here? He didn't ask her that. That's a good question, but that's not the, the question I'm going to. I will share with you that question. Do you know that he never asked her to follow him? He never said, go, sin no more, but follow me. He just said, go, sin no more. Those who are here to condemn you are no longer here. I too do not condemn you. Just because we may share the gospel doesn't mean that we are shining Jesus' Jesus's light. And we have this because of the behavior of the Pharisees, of those leaders that came to Jesus, that talked about Moses. They were sharing the, they were sharing the scriptures. But they came with the intention of not applying the principle of love. 
There's another instance where Jesus talks about the light. And it comes in the very next chapter. In in chapter 9, verse 5, it says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. It's funny because there's another verse in the Bible that says that you are the light of the world. So which one is it? Very simple. In this context here, there's a blind man who receives his sight, right? He's, he was born blind, and so he became a beggar. He's now an adult. And Jesus comes by and sees him, and he, what he does is he spits on the ground, creates mud, and applies it in his eyes. Who wants that kind of a remedy? If it's Jesus, sign me up. And so he goes, and, he, and Jesus tells him to go and wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam, which, by the way, means the, the one who sent. And he washes his eyes out, and he reports to the leaders, saying, I have been cured of my disease. And they would say, well, who did this? I don't know. I was blind, but now I see. Right? And so they began asking him questions. What happened? Who is this? Who, who, who healed you? And they call Jesus. They send him away and they call Jesus. And it says, they find out it was Jesus. says, who sent you? What authority do you have? And they became, began grilling Jesus about where he comes from. And he says, I'm not of this world. They didn't like his answers. They called in the blind man's parents and says, well, Tell us, was your son born blind or, or is this just a, a, a hoax? The parents, the answers is kind of funny because he says, hey, he's old enough to tell you where he comes from and how, and, and, and how long he's had this. To, so call him. So they did. They called the blind man. And rather than say, hey, listen, who is this person? The blind man replied with, I don't know. Do you want me to get him so you can worship him too? And they were infuriated. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. There's another Bible verse that says that you are in the world, but you are not supposed to be of the world. With all this talk of light and, and in the world and of the world, I have a real simple way of illustrating this. You can keep those here. Is that not too high? No, because I'm going to lift this up. You know, when we are in the world, we come in all sh- shapes and forms and sizes. In this vessel... I have here the liquid that represents you and I, represents our actions, but also in here are are broken pieces of glass. Thank you, Lionel. You are shining Jesus' light. All night. My man. Thank you. High five. Yeah. You and I are 
not the vessel. We are what it's in it. We come from various backgrounds. We come from various upbringings. We come with various exposures to the gospel and not. We come with our own baggages. We come with our own burdens. We come with our own traumas. We come with our own vision and worldview and outlook of what God is. And we are broken. We are sinful. And when it comes time to share the light, we may have a pretty cool color to share. We may have a pretty cool insight to share. We may have something of value and worth to share, but it is still all mixed in with all the brokenness that comes along with us. And to shine Jesus' light, we can only do so much, and that's where it stays. But Jesus comes along. The perfect lamb without blemish. The one who didn't commit any sin. The one who says, you are the light of the world. But he also says, I am the light of the world. And whoever has the light of the world is not in darkness. Question number one, do you have Jesus? Amen. Do you have Jesus? Well, you may be asking yourself, well, why do I need Jesus? Is he that important? I don't know. You tell me. Are you brighter with or without Jesus? The brokenness is still there. Wherever it is that is keeping you back in your own mind is still there. But guess what? It's shining. When Jesus comes into your life, Despite where you come from or with what accent you speak with or whatever household issues you may have, you can shine Jesus' light. To follow Jesus, equals being his disciples. Because in both stories that I shared with you about the woman, he never asked her, follow me. But she did follow him. The story of the blind man who was healed, Jesus never said, follow me. But because of what he did and what he brought, the light that he shone to these individuals the result of that blind man, he found Jesus, and he says, tell me, are you the one? And he says, yes. Do you know who, he, who did this to me? And he says, yes, I do. Please tell me who he is that I may worship him. 
And he says, I am he who did this to you. See, to have Jesus is not just a mere saying, I recognize who he is. It's not just saying, I, I know what he did on the cross. But it's to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Despite all my brokenness, despite all the things that are holding me back, you can make me shine for you. So the question I have Is there anybody here tonight who has not yet asked Jesus to shine in their heart? If there is such a question, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. But clearly, life is better with Jesus. Amen. You are capable of much more than you are able with Jesus. You can go places, you can do more because of Jesus. Or you can choose to remain in your own brokenness. Is that brokenness ever going to go away? Not until he comes. But you will shine for Jesus. Jesus. You will be the light of the world because you have the light of the world in you, which is Jesus Christ.